Thanks so much for joining me today. Today, the title of my message is What You Expect. Let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, we thank you and praise you that when we get together in your name, that you are truly in the midst of us. And we just invite you, Lord, to teach us, to give us revelation knowledge. We know, Lord, that you are preparing us for your return, that you want us to know how to live in your kingdom before you get here so that we can be representing you well. Thank you for teaching us today, Lord. We thank you for preparing us and then for using us and sending us out to do your work, to be like you and show the world how good you really are. We just love you and praise you and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus is talking to me today about what we expect. You know, we get these mindsets and we think about things that are going to come and um, we actually make them happen. Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks, so is he. And so that is why the Bible tells us to take captive every thought and to change our thinking. Romans 12, 2 says to change your thinking, change your mind, to think like God so that you can prove his will is good and perfect. Because if you're thinking like him, you're going to be thinking you're healed. If you're thinking like him, you're going to be thinking, my God meets my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You're going to be thinking how fearfully and wonderfully you were made. You're going to be thinking that your gift will make room for you. You're going to be thinking all the right thoughts when you change your mind to think like him. And that's how he intends. You know, when you have kids, you bring them up and they think like you think. They do. You rub off on them, and they even rub back off on you. And so, you know, we're all in this little place where we're thinking together in our families. And God is saying, you're my family, you're my children, and I want you to think like me so that what you're expecting is good. Because you have a painted picture in your mind, whether you realize it or not, because of what you think, what's going to happen. A lot of people do this, you know, the flu is going around and they start thinking they're going to get it. And then they get it. They start imagining themselves with the flu, staying home from work, you know, and you just get this vain imagination that's going on. And the reason I call it a vain imagination is because Corinthians talks about that. And we just start thinking what's going to happen before it happens. And God is saying, if you turn that around, You can be thinking the good is going to happen. You can purposefully paint your own picture in your mind of the good thing that you want to happen, and it can happen. I want to read to you, um, actually, the King James Version says in verse 3, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the true knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So God is saying, take captive every thought. He's saying, not every thought is your thought. Actually, I would like to read it in the Amplified Bible before we go on. In the Amplified Bible, it says, though we walk and live in the flesh, we're not carrying on our warfare according to the flesh using mere human weapons. 
when you have warfare going on, it's not your flesh that's a problem. It's in the spirit. That's the problem. Verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Insomuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One, being in readiness to punish every insubordinate for his disobedience when your own submission and obedience as a church are fully secured and complete. And so what God is saying here, the revelation is, you know, we know we have an enemy and he's out to kill, still and destroy. And that's your warfare. And his power is in your thinking. He can come into your thinking and try to control you. He controls through other means. But this is talking about taking captive your thought, not thinking his thought, not having his imagination going on in your mind. And it's so natural. It's so natural. You know, you, you start symptoms and you think, oh, my, I have cancer. And then you start imagining all this stuff. And he's going to help you because he wants you to have cancer. And as the man thinks, so is he. So you can actually bring it on. You know, this is living in the kingdom of God. God is teaching us how to live in his kingdom so that we can live in his blessing. And part of living in the kingdom of God is to take captive every thought, change your mind. You know, your mind is like a computer. A man actually told me this once, and it's true. What you put in it, you're going to get out of it. And we were created to feed on the word of God. And so when you're feeding on the Word of God, you're going to start putting in your hard drive the right stuff. You're going to start putting in your mind the truth. And then you can start meditating that truth. When my son was young, you know, um, I told you many times he was born with a birth defect. And I was listening to a teaching by Mac Hammond, and he was saying to imagine the thing that you want to happen. I started doing that. I started imagining seeing my son healed. And it was a fight because, you know, it's so, you know, it's so easy just to see what is. And that's another thing God said to me one day. He said, stop saying what is. Tell your son to stop saying what is. He called those things to be not as though they were. He changed the dark to light. He changes um, bad to good or not good enough to better. You know, um, Ephesians tells us that he has more for us than we can ask or think, super abundantly more for us than we can ask or think. And so we want to be thinking in that realm. We want to be thinking the good stuff. The Word of God says, by his stripes we were healed. So that's our foundation for healing. And so I would imagine my little boy healed. In my thinking, I would just lay down and meditate on his healing. And the natural thing is to meditate on what the doctor said is going to happen. And so I wouldn't listen to the doctor. I mean, I sat there, but I let it go in one ear and out the other ear. I always liked the bunny covering his ears, had to do with the battery, I guess, and, you know, not listening. I'm not listening to the devil. I'm going to take captive my thoughts and line them up with the Word of God. And the Word of God says, 
by his stripes we were healed. And so I'm going to think that. I'm going to imagine myself healed. I'm going to imagine this good happening in my life. God told me I was created to do this, and so I'm going to imagine that I can do it, not that I can do it. I'm going to imagine myself doing it. And as you think, that's who you are. And that's why it's so important to think about the right thing and to take captive your thought. You know, so God is calling me to do something, and then the enemy is going to come and say, you can't. You can't do that. You have to take captive that thought and say, yes, I can't. He spoke to me. He said, I'm going to do it. He's going to do it in me. It doesn't matter anything. Nothing matters. I can do it. He said, I can do it. So I'm going to do it. And that's all there is to it. You know, um, I was watching The Passion this last weekend, and the enemy was saying to Jesus, you can't do it. You can't bear the sin of the world. You can't. And Jesus didn't listen. He didn't. And he's our example. We're not to listen. We're, we're to submit to God, resist the enemy, and he'll flee. You know, if you know what's going on and you need to know what's going on, you need to know you need to take captive every thought. You need to know you're going to hear the voice of the enemy. Peter said that he roams around like a roaring lion looking for someone he can devour. And he devours the person that is ignorant of the word of God. And so you need to know the word of God. You need to know what's going on. So when he comes with a lie, you can recognize that lie and resist him. And he's going to come, you know, kind of like petting you. He likes to pet your flesh and make it seem like, you know, um, anything you want, you know, it's okay. You can have a God before God. I mean, he's not going to say that, but that's where he's going to lead you to where you have a God before God. Anything that he does, he's going to lead you away from God, away from the truth. And, you know, he's going to tell you a lie because he wants your life to be corrupted. He wants to control you and bring you to hell. He doesn't want you happy. He's always going to be putting you down. You know, he's got a vain imagination in your head that's saying you're not good enough. You can't do anything right. You know, anything to put you down. He's going to say it. And then you start saying it, <laughs> right? And then as a man thinks, so is he. You're saying what he wanted you to say. And he starts from little on. You know, he uses things maybe your parents or sisters or brothers say to you, and he magnifies that. And they don't even know that what they're doing, you know, and that's why we have to be careful even when we have kids, what we say to them, because they take it to heart. I remember once I was correcting my little boy, and he said, Mommy, am I bad? And I said, No, you're not. I'm just showing you this. So we have to be so careful what we say, because the enemy will use it to tear our kids apart. And he does the same thing in your thinking. He's going to come in your thinking, and he's going to give you a distorted vision of yourself. And if you meditate on that long enough, that's what you're going to be. That's who you're going to be. That's who your life, how your life is going to turn out. So God is saying, take captive every thought and make it line up with the word of God. And when you do that, it's going to be so much easier to receive from God. A good example is, by his stripes, you were healed. And so if you think that, by his stripes, I was healed, you're going to be healed. You are. And if you're doing anything outside of God's kingdom principles that are, going to, that are hindering 
that, that's hindering that healing from happening, he's going to show it to you. Because in his kingdom, we have to love, we have to forgive. And so Mark eleven twenty three and 24 and 25 actually tells us, Jesus said, whatever you say will happen. If you believe what you say, it will happen. And when you stand before God, but when you stand before God, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father will forgive you. Let it drop, let it go. And as long as we're here, let it drop, let it go. Don't talk about it. Don't say, I'm going to forgive them, but I'm not going to forget it. Let it drop, let it go. So your Father can let your sin drop and let it go. We all sin. Whether you realize it or not, you mess up. You hurt people. And not that we can't live free from sin. We certainly can. But we are to forgive. We're to let it go so that our Father will let it go for us. If you want to be forgiven, then you have to forgive. And his kingdom is about love, so certainly you have to forgive. We have to forgive. We have to live in love. That is the most important command. And so if you're not walking in love and you're calling yourself healed, he's going to make you know that. He's going to make you aware of that. First, you have to forgive so-and-so. Or, you know, sometimes you have to have a faith action. I broke my leg, and he said, go to the gym. And that might sound really crazy to you, but I didn't want to go to the doctor. I didn't want to spend a couple weeks in the cast, um, more than a couple weeks, like six, seven weeks in the cast. I didn't want to do that, and I was in agreement with him. He took those stripes from my healing, so I thought, huh, I'm going to be healed instead. I'm going to take advantage of what he did for me. I'm going to take it. I'm just going to take it. He did that for me. And I'm going to receive what he did for me. He got on a cross for me. He took those stripes for my healing. And I just believe that I'm healed. And in the midst of that, I wasn't in unforgiveness. But he told me I didn't have any faith action. I wasn't acting like I was healed. I was taking way too many Advil that was actually making me sick. And I was pampering myself. And um, he started showing me that. And so I had to get off the Advil which didn't make any sense after I got off the Advil. I had less pain than when I was on the Advil. And then he told me to go to the doctor, I mean to the gym. And I went to the gym, and I went on a machine. And when I left the gym, I had this thought that I'm not going to get offended if nothing happens, because, like right now, because I know if God sent me to the gym that he has a plan to heal me. He's going to heal me. And sure enough, the next morning, I woke up healed because I agree with him. I take captive my thoughts and I say, I'm healed. And then I have to have this vain imagination of myself being healed. I have to paint this picture, not a vain imagination so much, but I have to paint this picture of myself healed. I have to see it. Just recently, I had something going on and um, God was showing me that I was painting the wrong picture in my mind. And he said, what, what that picture you're painting what is what you're expecting, and then that's going to happen. And that's our message today. What you're expecting, that picture you have painted in your mind, is exactly what's going to happen. You know, and God, he wants good for you. You know, aside from being whole and healed, he made provision for everything in your life. 
you know, everything. He said he has more for you than you can even imagine. I remember when I was believing in God for this little dog, um, and I got her. He gave her to me. And she was more than I could ask or think even. And I picked out actually a picture of a dog I saw on the internet, and I said I want her to look like that. And she didn't look like that right away, but I was just so excited that I got her. But now she looks like that, a little bit older. Her hair got lighter, and um, it's partially curly. Anyway, she's adorable. And um, he gave her to me. He gave her to me. He said that she was a gift from him. The word says that those who delight themselves in the world, in the, in the Lord, he gives the desires of their heart. And so um, he told me one day, he said, I have a surprise for you. And I said, okay. And um, well, first he said, those who delight themselves in the Lord, I give them the desires of their heart. And I said, Lord, I delight in you. And he said, I know you do. I have a surprise for you. And she ended up being the surprise. And he named her. And um, then he told me to look up what her name meant. And it was derived from the name Matthew, which means a gift from God. He named her Macy, which is derived from the name Matthew, which means a gift from God. He's so good. He's so in love with us. He wants to give to us. But we have to line up our thinking with his thinking. We have to change our mind. We have to live on his opinion, not the world's opinion, not what so-and-so thinks. God only has good in mind for us. And when we have that good mindset that he does, that is what's going to manifest in our lives. We have to paint the right picture. We have to take captive every thought and line it up with his thoughts. Think the way he thinks. You know, you can so notice if you start thinking about it, how the enemy just comes and he's taking you down this path where, you know, you're just thinking all this down and out stuff. And you know, that's how he gets people depressed. He puts depression on people. Acts 10.38, Jesus said, he, it says Jesus went around doing good, anointed by the Lord to um, heal all who were ha harassed and oppressed by the enemy. And you know, he did that. He did that with revelation knowledge. And I'm going to give you some revelation knowledge today. If you think you're depressed, it's only because you think you are. It's only because you're thinking his thoughts, because you're not taking captive every thought. What do you have to be depressed about if you're a Christian? If you have Jesus living on the inside of you, then what bad thing do you have to think about? He bore your sickness, your disease, your sorrow, your pain, he took stripes for your healing. He made provision for you. He has a wonderful thing for you to do. And if you're not a Christian, we're going to say a prayer at the end of this video, and, and you can be one, and you can have all that. But if you are, I just want to get in your face a little bit and say, wake up. He's living on the inside of you. He bore your sickness, your disease, your sorrow, your pain. You have nothing to be sad about. And if you change your mind to start thinking his way, if you start thinking in line with the Word of God, you're going to be everything but sad. You're going to be excited. You're going to be happy. But you know what? That can be a fight. You might have to get up early to start meditating on the Word of God. you got to paint your own pictures in your mind. You can't let the enemy do that or whoever you live with or, you know, someone who, someone else who, maybe a friend that's depressed. You can't be thinking their thoughts. 
you got to encourage them. Get up and take on the word of God. Take it in. Meditate on, by his stripes, I was healed. If the doctor's giving you a bad report, meditate on the good report. Bring it to pass. Call those things to be not as though they were. Jesus said, whatever you say, if you believe it, whatever you say to this mountain, that's an impossible thing to move in a mountain, to move mountains. So whatever impossible thing that you're believing, if you say it and you believe it, it will happen. You have his power in you to make it happen. You're his child. You were created in his likeness. And he's empowered you to call those things to be not as though they were. Read it, Mark 11, 22 through 25. But you have to forgive. So, you know, the enemy is going to put pressure on you to go the other way and tell you it's too hard and, you know, all kinds of lies. But if you line up your thoughts with the word of God and purposefully think his thoughts, and resist the enemy, he's going to take off. The more revelation knowledge you have, the, more, the less of a chance he has to fool you. So when Peter says he roams around like a roaring lion looking for someone he can devour, he's going to devour you if you don't know. He's going to overtake you if you don't know. But if you know God, if you're seeking his word, John says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God. He is his word. And so when you're reading the Word of God, you're getting his mindset. You're getting revelation knowledge. You're finding out his opinion and how he thinks. And if you come in agreement with that, in John 15, Jesus said that if you're in agreement with him, you can ask what you will, and it'll be done for you. You're going to be thinking his way. You're going to be happy. You're going to be asking what you will and as representing him, and it'll be done for you. You're going to be glorifying the Father when you do that. You're going to be having... Um, a strong faith when you are hanging out with God. You got to hang out with him. If you're hanging out with friends and they're all depressed and down and out, and you know, you're all just like a moaning and a groaning, get some different friends, hang out with Jesus. He's really all you need. And when you hang out with him, you're going to be happy. You're not going to be depressed. You're not going to be sad because you're thinking his thought instead of the enemy's thoughts instead of how your flesh is feeling. You can't live by how you feel. Take captive every thought and line it up with the word of God. And, you know, theories and reasonings. People have theories and reasonings. The enemy is going to come with theories and reasonings and try to get you off of the truth. And if you don't accept that, if you just dig your feet in and say, I'm just going to live this way, I'm going to depend on him, I trust him. And you get up every morning and you, you feed on the Word of God. You paint that picture in your mind. You get on your knees. You talk to Him. Um, you let Him correct you. We talked about that yesterday. Let Him correct you. Get all the dead branches out of, your, uh, um, out of your life so that you can have good fruit. You're going to be happy. You're going to be happy. You're going to be full of joy. And Jesus said, I've told you all this so that my joy would be in you. So you would have fullness of joy. And that's all the Father has to give you. That's all Jesus has to give you is fullness of joy. He overcame for you, and all you have to do is believe. You know, so many people say that prayer, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. They never change their life. They just think that's a ticket to heaven. And it really, it's a commitment. 
And if you believe, you're going to change your life. You're not going to be depressed. You're not going to be thinking the world's way. You're going to think God's way, and you're going to receive from God. You're going to take captive every thought and think his way, and then you're going to be walking down that narrow path because so many people are too lazy to do that. They're too lazy. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing the word. When you hear the word of God, you not only get faith, in the word of God, you get faith in God. Because he is his word, you get revelation knowledge and you grow. You have insight that you can't have without God. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would come. He would tell you things to come. Um, he would remind you of the things Jesus said. He'd be anything you need. He'd, he's inside of you all the time. And he's going to be anything that you need. He's going to be right there all the time. And I just want to just invite you today, if you've never asked Jesus to come and live on the inside of you and you want to make that commitment, if you want to believe, if you, if you want to believe and actually live like you believe, if you want to have that faith action, um, then you should commit to him today. You should say that prayer with me. And all you have to do is say, Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you and praise you for giving up your life for us, for making us right with the Father, for all you did for laying down your life. And I just want to receive you and commit to you. I just want to commit to you, Lord, and be a part of what you're doing in this day. I want to be like you. I want to call those things to be not as though they were. I want to think like you. I want to be happy. I want to expect good things in my life, and I'm just asking you to come in and live on the inside of me and teach me to do that. I thank you and praise you, Lord, for filling us now with your spirit, for teaching us truth, for being everything that we need and being right there all the time on the inside of us. We thank you and praise you, Lord, for how good you are and that you are actually preparing us for eternity and showing us how to live in your kingdom right here and right now and to re represent you. Help us, Lord, to be committed to you. Help us to um, be as faithful to you as you are to us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to see what you see. Help us not to be dependent on ourselves, but to have eyes to hear and see what, what you're really saying to us. Help us to do our part in preparing others for your return. We just love you and we praise you and we thank you, Lord, that we can't do anything without you, but in, with you and us, we can do all you're calling us to do. And so, Lord, anyone that said this prayer today, I thank you that they would take this seriously, this prayer, and they would know they need to be committed to you and that our life needs to change. We need to start living in your goodness, in that abundant life that you called us to live in, not an ordinary life. We're a new creature now. We've been recreated in you. And I thank you and praise you, Lord, that they would take that seriously, that we all would constantly be looking at ourselves and say, am I living that life or am I blending in with the world? Help us not to blend in to the world, Lord, but to make a difference, to go in your name and do that greater thing, to love and extend ourselves in your name. Thank you so much. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. God is so good. He's so in love with you, and he does. He has something great for you to do. He has something great for me to do. 
and he wants to grow us up and teach us his principles, how to live in his kingdom, how to think right so we can get our perspective right. You know, when you have all kinds of confusion coming on in your life, I want to tell you that's the enemy trying to confuse you. When God tells you something, hang on to it and don't let him come and confuse you. He's actually the second voice. As soon as you hear the word Jesus said, the enemy is going to come and he's going to try to take it from you. And he does that with a thought. He'll do that with a thought or, you know, there's other ways. But for the most part, he gives you a different thought. And he's expecting you to go with that thought. But do what Jesus told you to do. Do what God told you to do. Don't change your mind. Don't let go. Just do what he's calling you to do because he's going to lead you down that narrow path that leads to everlasting life, the good life. Ephesians 2.10 says that we were creating Christ Jesus, born anew, and he puts us on a path that leads to the good life. He's going to lead you in good. He's so in love with you. Thank you so much for listening today. If you said that prayer, I'd love it if you'd let me know. God bless you.